Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show. Blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Oh, yeah. That felt good. Blasting all over your interwebs. Hey, everybody. Good morning. We're back. So long. It's Marty and Giselle and... Bill. Bill. Oh, uh, already. Already it's dismissed. Been, it's been a couple weeks. Already dismissed. You know? And, uh, oh, we're so happy to be back on the air. Uh, it's been a, a couple weeks. Yeah. And, and here we, here like we are. a couple months. I know. It really I, does. I feel like we were sent for a time out to think about our yeah, behavior. Did you, <laughs> and, and what did you come up with, Giselle? Did, are, you, are you sorry, first of all? I'm very sorry for what I did. And I hope that I don't do it again. But you brought your feeding trough back. I did. <laughs> you know why? Because I, 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 had, I kept pushing the snooze button because I did not get to bed until 3.30. Because I discovered a new subreddit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Two words. Pro-revenge. Pro-revenge. It oh, is right. stories about... I don't think I get it yet. It's stories, stories about revenge. Stories about complex, well-planned out revenge. Ah, okay, that can, seems can, unlikely to appeal to you. We'll we'll, we'll come back to that. I'm we'll, surprised at myself. We'll we'll get we'll get to that. We'll okay, to that. we but, come um, back. But first, I, we have to discuss the situation in Syria, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Go for it, Marty. Specifically in one part of Syria. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. There's a little corner that's been get, not getting the, the news uh, <laughs> attention it deserves. It's called... Uh, no. Um, by the way, if you want to uh, tweet us, everybody knows it's we're at Nooner Dan Marty. And, um, and we... I don't, and do you have I don't know what's at in the, Bill Twitterson? I do. And at... Giselle, Ned. Yeah, but we're not tracking that while during the show. Oh, you track yours during I, the show. I track mine. I always get yelled at for tracking mine. No, no, you, I just yell at you. <laughs> right. I always get yelled at full stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have done nothing wrong. <laughs> so clearly this two weeks away, did not, three weeks away did not, <laughs> did not work. You're going to need another timeout, <laughs> Mr. Tweeter, Twatterson. It's Tweeterson's. Um, so you can uh, the mail sack is is pretty light this week. That's uh, Nooner Podcast After two weeks at gmail dot com because we weren't around, so we were out of people's minds. But we were in the minds of Lou and Michael Binhock and uh, Andrew Trendel, Trendel and Cuppy Nerd Cakes and uh, Tyson is I think on board too, who is manning the 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 Tumblr page, which is uh, excellent with Darren, which is uh, Tuesdaysmornings.tumblr.com. Be lost without it, absolutely. Um, do you see that little green thread, the one red teeny one on top of my fingernail? Can you pull that? I like that. That's the one time you t- spoke into the mic consciously was to, to do yeah, something that to pull a thread out of your sleeve. All right. So there is a um, there was a thing that was going around the internet just a little bit ago um, about uh, there's a, a reality show in Norway called uh, Sweatshop and. Uh, they took these three flash fashion bloggers. Oh, I heard about this. They're like, you know, 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, very fashionable. And, Ugh, you know, I hate them. And Norway is an incredible... <laughs> all right. They're, they're, that's Bill, everybody. Um, incredibly fashionable. We all have a role people. to play on the show. And uh, Wait, you're fashionable. Yeah, but I'm not 17 and European privileged. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So also, I am wearing a baseball hat. So, but on you, it's but very fashionable. Though, yeah. No, I just didn't take a shower. Um. 
So they took these three bloggers and sent them to Cambodia. And the idea was to challenge their views on fashion and labor. And it, and it was called Sweatshop. Um, and it was like, you know, it's like you can watch it live if you want to. Did they, they I mean, actually worked watch it. Online. I mean, they basically were they worked there employees for, of the Sweatshop. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had to go through what your average employee would go through to create the kinds of fashions that they are espousing. Is that yeah, the gist, Yeah, right? exactly. And it, it was remarkable. Because, I gathered all that from a headline. Because I didn't it, even it, need to read the article. <laughs> TLDNR. Is that right? Yeah. All right. TLDR. What's oh, TLDR? Uh, it is a... Too long, didn't read. Oh, yeah, it. it means too long, did not read. Um, and it was remarkable because it, because it involved young, privileged people from one of the highest income countries. Uh, in the world and in one of the lowest income countries. And it did it with, you know, minimal sensationalism. Um, and they had to work one day in a sweatshop. And Oh, I thought it was like a month or something. No, no, it was just a day. But Ugh. it was like, but then they had to sleep in the, in a, um, uh, in one of the, the workers' homes and they're, they're just lying down in a single room. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge culture shock. And, uh, and they get for the one day of work they got paid three dollars, and then they had to pool that together to make a meal for the the uh, workers they were staying with mm-hmm. and the entire film crew and and you know it it's kind of predictable what happens. But uh, who was the first to cry, oh, boy or girl? Uh, the girls. The girls cried. Fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and the takeaway is that sweatshops are bad, and but it's um, and it's impossible. Like most of the sweatshops are bad. Most of the money that they made was was for food. Like they don't have any like, right. It's, like, not, it's not going out money. No, and it's not even uh, it's not betterment money. It's like so right. You know, we spend around four percent of our income, uh, maybe you know four to six percent on on food. Oh, I spend way not, more than not that. Not if you go to Whole Foods, right? <laughs> more like Whole Paycheck, more. am I right? I lemeo. But here they're spending like, you know, 80% of their paycheck on food. I spend way more than 4% of it. First of all, I haven't had a paycheck in four months. <laughs> but I, I understand you and just... And the last one I got was for 17 cents. Uh, and also I oh, I get <laughs> I get uh, $3 coffee every morning um, and I hate to cook, so I eat out a lot. So I spend you, way so more than 4% of it. $3 versus 17 cents. That's a little more than 4%. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And that's well, just for coffee. But that So that $3 coffee is what they make an entire day and right. it's like you know 10 to 12 hour work day yeah uh, if not more did they all cry or just the girls uh just the girls Ugh. yeah um but you know and and i don't think Come it's on, any ladies. revelation to anybody that workers get exploited and but to see it on the ground through the eyes of the privileged it, it really puts it in perspective <clears throat> did they have um did they have anything genuinely insightful to say about it or was it just whining no no no. it was genuinely uh insightful was it insightful just to see them break down and whine or did they actually no, 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 no. have they actually, revelatory yeah they, and they're questioning these people and, and they are uh, uh interviewing this one woman whose mother died when she was a uh, an infant because the mother died of starvation Oof. and oh my goodness and uh you know, the mother died so that the, the children could live. That's bleak. And so now this this woman has to, she's the one worker in the family and has to support the entire family on $3 <clears throat> a day. And uh, um, so like the, um, it, it, one of the, it, it's like they're getting shit wages for a shitload of work. But the other thing that was, I did not know is that they're not just making a garment. They're making, attaching one seam 
of one garment. So they're attaching a sleeve, and then they're passing it to the next person who attaches the other sleeve. To make it more efficient. To make it more efficient. Right. So they only do one task for 12 hours a day. And Didn't, just, wasn't it the construction oh. of the rifle that uh, started that uh, uh, sure. piecemeal, piecemeal the, trend? The Remington? Yeah, wasn't that, isn't that? Yeah, I mean it's like assembly line work. Yeah, know, essentially that's what it is. I feel like that. I feel like its genesis was was with a weapon of some description. Hey, let me ask you this: what what would were the clothes any good? Well, they they were. Can we order them online? They were. Um, Are there extensive shipping charges? They had trouble finding a, a place that would take them in. You know that because these factories are, don't want. You know, cameras in there, right? So they, it took them forever to find a factory that that would accept them. Ooh, Aww. lonesome wine. What is the solution? Is anybody talking about solution? Is to have more appropriately priced clothing? Well, here's the thing. So, um, so that they get th there are rate. these uh, fair trade groups. Uh, there's fairtrade.org, which certifies factories so that they meet certain levels of of fairness and decency. I went on the website and could not find out what those levels were. Um, so it, it's uh, poor web design. Well, I think you know they want to keep it a little vague. I don't know because everybody has their own definition, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, and companies are being more transparent about which factories they are being used, and and they they self audit. Um, the problem is that there's no way to to confirm what you know. They like H and M came out and and they uh, because they were they were called out in this documentary mm. by these kids. Uh, and I think H&M is a Swedish company and you know, Norway's right there. Um, so they didn't respond to interview requests, but they said that, you know, they, the companies they worked with treated their workers well in terms of uh, rights and fair wages. But we don't like that. We're just taking them at their at their face, you know, so we don't know uh, what what their threshold is for fair wages is, you know. Um, and then there are, there are other companies like Patagonia or New Balance that are a little more mindful. And they, but they the problem is they don't have the full line of shoes and clothing that encompasses fair trade. Like Patagonia has a tiny line of fair trade. Um, I see. You know, so it's I like mean, that makes hey, you think that Patagonia is good to go, right? And they are more mindful than certainly like you know Walmart or Target, but they they don't. It's really. Uh, It's a huge change, you know. It has to. It's going to take a long time. So, where do you shop? Uh, and do you shop with this in mind? I, I absolutely do, uh, but I'm I'm not perfect. I'm certainly not perfect, but like it's it's really hard to find a pair of shoes that weren't made in China, I or, or China or Vietnam. Um, I ch challenge people. Like New Balance has a small line, but they're much more expensive. But hmm. interestingly... The well, that's what it come down to. You have to be willing to spend more. Right. But in... Uh, buy a, fewer things. There was a study done in Mexico. Um, they, they were looking at a, a factory there, a sweatshop there. And they, if they doubled the wages of the factory workers, it would have increased the, the price of the jackets they were making by 1.6%. Oh, huh. that's not very much. That, no. that ain't shit. No. And then... Um, And then they pulled people, and people are willing to pay up to 15% if they are guaranteed. They, they say they would, uh, if, they're, if they knew that they were buying a product that was providing fair wages. Yeah, that's, that's an exciting statistic. Yeah, so... Because it suggests that 
if we all is just really willing to knuckle down and make those little bit of change on our end make a big difference for the people on the other end. Yeah, yeah. The butterfly effect. And uh, yeah, yeah. So like in Cambodia, but it require for us to make some sacrifice Mm -hmm. from where we are now. Like you said, maybe buy less. Buy fewer. You buy more things, but but fewer of them. And you know what I want to know is just whether it's here in the U.S. or it's in Cambodia that that everybody who's making these things is getting paired, paid a living wage, you know, and that's enough to to provide for your family and to send your kids to school and to feed them and, and to get my three dollar coffee every morning. And Here's a karmic question: If I shop vintage and I buy a used garment that has the life's blood of exploited workers. Am I carrying around that bad juju in my vintage shirt? Giselle, I think you might have a good perspective on that. I, I shop almost exclusively at second-hand stores, mm-hmm. the Goodwill and like this. Um, and I feel pretty okay about it. I'm not an economics professor. Contrary to popular belief. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what the dynamics are if we... You know, we start, we always saying we have to cut down on our consumption and, you know, buy less and buy fewer things. And I'm in agreement with that. But I don't know what is that going to do to our uh, job market. If we're purchasing fewer things, then ultimately there will be fewer need for uh, manufacturing and companies and fewer jobs. So what is those people going to do for their living? Right. So and I don't know these dynamics, but so I just not only do I have to feel bad about the fact that my Western vintage shirt that I bought at Goodwill is was probably made by exploited workers, but I'm also taking jobs away from current workers by not buying a new shirt. Yeah, it's a landmine. It's a, a, a minefield. Yeah, there, there's Oof. nothing you can do that is perfectly, you know, uh, just like kosher you know we're gonna have to revamp the whole world system somehow well, i think it, what if we all learn to sew make our own clothes like the uh pioneers well you know if we figure there is enough food growing in the world to feed us all uh, then if we revamp the system we would ha- all have more free time because we don't need uh, lots of the things that we do to keep ourselves busy, so we could have more time to sew and put on little skits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know this quilt would serve as a curtain. We could put on a show back in the barn. <laughs> That's right. Now you're talking about things I like. <laughs> <laughs> that wash tub could be turned into a base. Um, so yeah, I I don't want people to feel guilty about buying. Uh, you know, their six pack of underwear for seven dollars, but I, oh, I buy expensive underwear from MeUndies. <laughs> it's fancy and has okay, cool designs. This on This isn't it. just about you. I'm always but looking for an opportunity see? to talk about my underwear. Can I'm not do? wearing MeUndies today. But are I'll, you wearing any undies today? I am, but they're not. Well, you right. have to check. Okay, here. no, I had to check if they're nice or not. Funny that oh, funny. that's the house brand of one of the Macy's, stores, right? Macy's house brand. I don't know. I just like that they were blue and shiny. Because I know Helmut was long ago have an El Fanny shirt. And was it blue and shiny? Yeah, it was shiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that El Fanny with their shiny fabrics made by poor Cambodian children. This was long ago before we knew about Cambodia. Yeah. MeUndies are made locally. Uh, but I don't want people to feel guilty, but I think people should. I don't feel guilty because uh, I buy MeUndies. All right, fine. <laughs> they better send okay, me a well, fucking six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> 
but when you do was buy you clothes, about to just say this a- isn't about his undies. Yeah. Everything is about, about Bill's his, uh, undies. Oh, yeah. It all circled back. Okay, when you buy clothes, I want you to think about Bill's undies, okay? I do. Uh, <laughs> Mostly, I think, will this match uh, Bill's undies? <laughs> the and shiny blue Bill undies? Yeah, in case it all start to go down and we need to have a match. Um, yeah, so think about what you're buying and, uh, and research the, the countries, you know. And it would be also good if, if the U.S. Sounds exhausting. Provided, well, just think about it, you know. Yeah. If the, the U.S. provided uh, incentives for, to do trade with countries that provided, um, you know, good working conditions. Yeah, for let's, a while not, that let's we, not hold our breath on that one. Well, for a while we did that with Cambo- Cambodia, but that expired. Um, let's see. Oh, well, Darren says that weapons and armor in China, uh, pre-industrial revolution, were the first, first things made on an, an assembly line. Uh, thank you, Darren. Had something to do with and my people, thank you I for actually, the recognition. I, I remembered it. I thought I remembered it being stateside, but uh, I can imagine that my history books told me everything good. Everything that good came, came from out China. of China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh. was it uh, was it Ford who adopted it for the? I mean, wasn't he the one who, who was sort of credited for? Yeah, he was credited really expanding, industrializing that. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, tell us more about. Pro revenge. Yes. I have been waiting for this moment. This is um, R slash pro revenge. That's right. R slash. Is that like professional revenge or I'm for revenge? Because uh, I'm not for revenge. Or is it proactive revenge? It. I think that it means professional level. Because there's also a subreddit called petty revenge, and ah. apparently the two subreddits don't get along. <laughs> So uh, wait, there's, so, so there's like little sniping back and forth, vindictive, so, and lots of arguing if some revenge. But counts the petty, as petty revenge is just, your petty revenge is like you guys kind of suck, and then the pro revenge they they That's do elaborate. Out. Yes, oh, so very yeah. elaborate. The long wait, sometimes the elaborate sting. Uh, you guys are ugly. It it was so. So it satisfies something. There is, I try to be, you know, nice and loving and turn the other cheek and have a peaceful demeanor. But there is part of my heart that is curdled and sour. <laughs> well, I think everybody loves to see somebody who deserves it get crushed. Yeah. Oh, and these people crush them. And can you think of one that that, that, uh, a that crushing um, resonated in your bitter, tired, and worn heart? Um. Oh. Uh, a guy tried to do a funny business on a business deal and so the other guy planned and ultimately ended up buying the cheater's business right out from under him and he's gone from wow. the CEO. Uh, this lady blocked a bus with her car because she thought that the bus cut her off a uh, block back or something. She was really mad. So Ooh, she, she needs to read the four she, agreements. She blocked the bus with her car and she get out of her car to start screaming at the bus driver, oh, you do this to me and you do this. Uh, but she leave the door open of her car and the keys in and the car running. So this guy was walking down the street and he see what is happening. He just go into her car and he move it out <laughs> of the way. That's not revenge. That's justice. That was justice. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that actually is almost a quote from the original Clash of the Titans. M- when uh, Caliban's ar- hand is cut off and oh. he goes to visit his goddess mother, the statue that comes to life, and he says, I demand justice. And she goes, justice? 
or revenge. Well, that's the exact opposite yeah. of what I was saying. I said it's kind of related. Yeah, yeah. It, it, all, almost all the same words. Yeah, yeah, but but in a different order. Opposites yeah. attract. <laughs> that's why Bill and I are now just kiss, making goo goo <laughs> eyes at each other. Um, your new haircut is adorable. So I was oh, I was stay up till three thirty in the morning reading this one after the other. I just sort by top of the year or top of all time and go down the list. It's a very satisfying read. Was there any follow up to Jenny? No, uh, just that day is getting divorced, and after the excitement of the big weekend, then the poor guy is faced with, oh, my life is upended, and I'm getting divorced. That's another Reddit that was in the Today I Fucked Up um, about a guy who who found his wife was cheating on him Mm -hmm. and went through an incredibly elaborate plot to uncover it yeah oh there was another one of those in pro revenge a guy find out what his wife is cheating and then he knows she's going to be cheating at their house in the morning at this time when she thinks he's away or something it also happened to be her birthday that day so he have arranged the whole family her family all everybody friends to come over big surprise and we're gonna go wake her up in bed with a cake and candles and they all burst into the room Happy birthday, yatta ya. And there she is. In flagrato. Yeah. Uh, do, you that's think that's, do you think that's real? I don't care one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> good, good story. Good drama is good drama. That's right. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, I wonder about how many, whether there are people just on Reddit, you know, these writers who are just like, that Fan fiction. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I, there are. I thank them because, well, no, I, I met at them because they keep me up till 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you listen to this uh, weekend's uh, This American Life? What was it about? Uh, Lindy West is a blogger on uh, on uh, Jezebel, and she yes. she confronted or, or her wh- trolls. Her trolls, yeah, and she got a response, an apology from one of her trolls who who uh, had co opted her dead father's name in a Twitter account and tweeted at her. Really painful things. Very painful for her. It it go to show me the other side. You know, yes, one of is kind of satisfying to read about this revenge, but it don't. These revenges don't actually serve to make the world more just or peaceful in the long run, because they don't bring the offender around to... You're not going to change their minds. Not in most cases. In one of the cases, actually, a lady have learned her lesson and she became a nice lady. But most of it, people don't know why all of a sudden their car is scratched or their house is covered in poo or whatever the revenge was. And then the the person who is seeking revenge is spending a lot of their time and their energy with Negative. Hateful negative thoughts. Yeah. And you know, maybe maybe they get some sort of satisfaction, but that's time that could have been spent on something a lot more productive for themselves in the world. Like making a skit. Yeah. Oh, putting on a, putting on a, <laughs> skit. On a little skit. But in this way, uh, the This American Life, when she talked to her troller... So, just so everyone knows, yeah, she's okay. a, a feminist blogger and, and she's um, uh, overweight. She's self-described as fat. And, and she came out uh, against... Um, she's very much a, a pro... Uh, body image person and then also came out against uh, comics who made rape jokes and then so people 
came back and said, oh, you just need a good rape and, and every combination of rape, raping her. Um, yeah, yes. she get a lot of trolling comments about she should be raped. So when she, this one troll who say mean things to her, uh, she get him on the phone, she have e she find out who he was, she email him, he email back and they ultimately have a phone conversation which was recorded for this uh, for this American life. Right. And he knew about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, and it was really friendly and it was great to see he's just a mixed up human being with pain in his heart like we all have and he did not have the skills to express it or deal with it in a healthy way. Like he was overweight, he had been dumped by a, a girlfriend and so he was just full of a lot of self-hate and, or, yep. you know... And so, so he and turned then it into hatred of others instead of turn it out an attempt to find a self-love. That's right, because Without, he don't know and he don't have those skills. He was... So he's stupid and fat. <laughs> well, but you know, he was repentant. So that, he was that's lost. He was a mixed up person. We all is mixed up in some way when and, we and do when we do suffering on other. But people. at least I'm not fat. <laughs> you're at least crazy. you're not fat. <laughs> at Fuck, least you're not. Kruger's fat. not here. Somebody's got to be a dick. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're picking up the sack. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marty's getting a phone call. Is it your mama? Super no. unprofessional. Who, who was it? I don't know. Someone from Virginia. <gasps> I wonder. How do you know the Virginia Spain? area code like off the, just off the top of your head like that? Because it says Virginia. Really? Oh. Yeah. My phone doesn't do that. Oh. Mine don't do it either. Well, because I have an Android phone. Also, I have an Android phone. Also, I oh. haven't gotten a phone call in about three weeks. <laughs> oh. Does it feel lonely or peaceful? Extremely lonely. Oh. Turn that hey, into peaceful. Give me your phone number. <laughs> I will call you. Okay. That's probably not what you want, but <laughs> <laughs> I can dis I can disguise my voice. Hello, this is not Giselle, even I though say, it says so on your machine. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that I'm calling from Virginia. I say, I can say like this. Uh, hey, I met you at the club last night, <laughs> and I noticed your shiny blue underwear. And uh, I, uh, give what me club a, was that? Give me a call. <laughs> In Virginia. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, it, but it was very. Uh, weirdly satisfying that you know that to have her confront that guy yeah back mm. to the podcast for me it was satisfying great reminder about all of our humanity we're in a period of time when we like to demonize and make the monsters our enemy right. make our enemy into a monster they're not monster they're human beings and everything what is in them is in you too I know yeah. this because it's in me. I sit there with my vindictive thoughts and my liking revenge. That's not helping. And but it, mm. you know, with a, a few keystrokes in the comfort of your own bed, you can be horrible, yeah. anonymously, and yeah. so probably feel extremely powerful, right? And, but, and, and you, you have exercised a demon just in a way that well, I don't perpetuates. Know um, you fed perpetuates a, the you problem. fed a demon, I think. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that it's. Um, People don't think about consequences. Demon V. And they don't they don't feel empathy, especially when they're feeling horrible about themselves. Yeah. So mm. um so you're welcome. No, I didn't sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to a podcast. <laughs> Bill, you worked you worked recently. I worked recently. Uh I, yeah. I had I got a national commercial uh that I shot that's got National? I didn't uh, I didn't sign an NDA, but I probably shouldn't babble on too much about it. It was a comedy bit i'm excited i had a really full beard uh so i'm excited to have that documented what did I've you grow a full beard since. 
I hadn't yeah. shaved since way before Christmas. So I just I had a full burly like oh. badass beard, and I'm, I'm glad I got that on camera before I got rid of it. It was just too itchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I was talking to a girl, and I was like, I bet I look creepy. So what, I trimmed it. Back. What was part of it was itchy because at the follicles where it's growing, it don't matter if it's long or short; it's the same follicle. It right? just I don't I don't know. Itchy may have been. I just said that because it's what you're supposed to say about beards. It more I was just aware of its presence. Oh, all the time. Like yeah. I felt the weight of it and the length of it, and and I it get that way with my fingernails. I've always mm. had naturally long growing fingernails, but now when when I start to notice them tick tick on the keyboard, I say, oh, I have to cut it. it mm-hmm. I I notice them all the time. They're in the way. Yeah, and I uh, I would play with it a lot, and I was like, that probably looks weird. And also, it wasn't always necessarily comfortable. Like it was so long that I could run my fingers through it. Yeah. You know what and they should I call s- that? Face-debating. <laughs> it's true that when when you're when always you, touching your face, yeah, you're face-debating. When I forget to when I neglect <laughs> Is that a my shape, no, really absolutely. Good. I just said it right now. Um, <laughs> or master bearding. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> right really now. good one. Because uh, I do that all the time, and then it, it like irritates my skin because I've been touching my you know the the stubble for so long. Hey, yeah. you don't have a thick beard, do you? No, it's uh, just what, like straggly. It's what like, could you grow? Straggles. Could you grow like long? Yeah, like one of those long Fu Manchus. Like a Fu Manchu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I could. That's the only place that Asians can grow beards. Is right. And yeah. That's exactly. Coming off the lips and right. Down you ever gonna do it? Uh, I mean, I've grown. You've seen me with facial hair before. Yeah. <laughs> it's not pretty because it just kind of grows out straight out like wires, and then. That's why you, you have know. to get it long enough so that you can. I know, and then. And then sort of twirl it around twirl my finger. Twirl it, and, twist it. And yeah, that's it. I would just, it was long enough that I could actually like fully twist it. And, and, and it, was, it was fun, but it was kind of distracting. And yeah. there were also a lot of, I'm starting to get some white hairs. And I'm like, I don't need to see that every morning. Oh, <laughs> oh. I love when I so, have but a you gray had it hair. In, I you love had it. it in the commercial, though. I had it in the commercial, yeah. And it was a, it was a fun riff. Not, not a literal illusion, but, but certainly a, a visual homage to the uh, Indiana Jones style of adventure. Um, so it'll, it'll, it'll be really fun. And when, 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 when will it air? I don't know. How do you know that? You, you never know that, right? When you book a commercial, it's all. Sometimes all they tell you if you, if you make nice with the person from the ad agency. Right. It's interesting. It was fantastic to be working. That is what my, my other friend do. He always. I'm not great at that. Make friend with the I'm not, person I'm not great from at that. Um, it was fantastic to be working again. It's great to be in a fun costume and a cool location. That's right. My friend Chip. Mm. But there definitely was an element of like, I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of checked out. I'm not Were you the sure. only one in it? No. Uh, it was a big, it was a, like a, a group of explorers. Oh, nice. Um, you know, it's, uh, some of the extras are kind of getting on my nerves. Oh, those you know, what just, was they doing? They, they were being lippy. They just, they just have a million questions, they, and like they're they're telling you what the director is telling you, and you're like, "I'll work with the director, thank you." Like, I don't need advice. I do this for a living, and you don't because you're a fucking extra. So I don't need the advice, you know. And like, they want to talk about acting, which I don't want to talk about with anyone ever. <laughs> Let's talk about it now. Uh, <laughs> what was your motivation for your character? Did you have a? a, a, a Do you have a model in I mind? Felt, like spaced out and unprepared somehow. And part of that is you have to get up at five thirty in the morning. And, but you know and what? Drink some coffee. I don't care at that point. I don't care. Just tell me where to stand at that point. You know, like, right? And, and I, I was like, "What's my cue? What's my line? What's yeah. my mark? Yeah. Go!" You well, know, total David Mamet. Um, what, what, what is a book on acting? Acting. That Robert Devonzo made us read. Acting. No, truth, truth for actors, it was oh. called. Oh, that's And it, oh, he, he's like, stand there, say the lines, shut up. You know, like, I'm saying, all right, Jesus. 
But then you also, you're supposed to do this prep and this work, and you want to make sure you're thinking loudly through your eyes and all this. And it's like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know, you know, I don't know if when I'm off in these places thinking all these things, if that's reading on camera as a human life or if it's reading on camera as a panicked actor who's working too hard. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But, and I had two, I had to say two words. <laughs> but you booked it. And you I booked shot it and I shot it and, and no one complained in the mail. Yeah, so no one complained. You didn't the get fired. Seemed happy. So you that's not have to. Do you think? Uh, what about the possibility your heart is not in it for these commercials? You Very want much a possibility. You, you want bigger and better and more artistically uh, truthful things. Possible, very possible. I mean, it was, I was dressed things, like Indiana Jones and well, it was funny. Well, truthful so. to his own heart. I, I mean. know, but truthful things don't always pay the rent. No, no. Right, Believe but me, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do have, I do have a lot of have our buttons. creative <laughs> satisfaction in my life, and I got to get paid a lot to dress up like Indiana Jones and crack a joke. Like, what's the fucking problem? Enjoy it. Just roll it. Have fun. Yeah. So, um, I'm sorry, your phone number is 323. What, what is it? Because listeners want to call you because they... I'm, I'm going to set up a, a hotline. Okay. All Emphasis right. on hot. Two T. H O double T. One eight hundred H O double T B I L L. It's going to be a watt line. W A T T. Listen, did you have my friend Chip when he go do this works? I always ask him about the. Breakfast burrito mm. and the catering. I didn't have breakfast. I had breakfast on my own because um, I didn't want to. Okay, so when when you show up on set, like they've the got first, a catering truck. The first thing the AD says is, um, "Okay, they check you and they like, why don't you go get something to eat?" And right. then you go to. The- they didn't ask if I wanted anything to eat actually, but our call was slightly late. Breakfast was six a.m. and I wasn't called till seven thirty, so I thought the breakfast might not still be going, so I'd better just make sure I eat at home. Uh, and I like to arrive having had just so I'm ready to go because sometimes you get thrown into it and you didn't eat because you're counting on the chance oh, to eat. So I just yeah. I, I don't want to and food I need to eat five meals a day. I mean I eat like a horse, so I, I didn't want to take that risk. Um, but lunch was fantastic. Salmon, ahi pokey, oh, um, which I always thought was poke until somebody said in front of me, "I'll have the pokey," and I was like, "Ooh, thank God!" It just saved me from looking stupid. <laughs> I think it's poke. <laughs> I just said ahi anyway because I yeah. still was panicked about oh, getting it fish. wrong. Right. Oh, the fish, please. Oh, that. It was great um, uh, free-range chicken. Oh. And this nice, uh, there was a nice uh, pork, a great pork loin with, dish. Yeah. With you? With, uh, no, it was over, but it was over um, rutabaga mash. Oh, oh that good. And I didn't pay for any of it. See, that's the thing. When you go yeah. on set, even if you're not hungry, somebody's going to make you a big fat breakfast burrito with bacon and eggs and salsa, and they're just going to give it to you for free. Right. So I, I always get that. You would be a fool to turn it down. I know. For, yeah. uh, for the entire run of season three of Curb Your Enthusiasm, I had a BLTA every morning. Bacon, lettuce, tomato, avocado, avocado. sandwich. You every, was in oh, season no. three of Belta. B-E-L-T-A. Bacon, Egg, egg, lettuce, lettuce tomato, tomato, avocado every morning. <gasps> on toast? On, yeah, on toasted, uh, toasted sourdough. sourdough. Why don't that, they call it a blate? And I lost weight. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> so weird. delicious to me. I'm, I'm, so and good. I'm sitting here with my bowl of horrible oatmeal. And now you've put that in my head. Yeah, try to go back now to that purple mash. It's pretty bad. Well, <laughs> last It week. does match your outfit, though. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, this is a new outfit. Both the top and the bottom is from the Goodwill, and I'm so happy about them. I feel pretty pretty today. Uh, purple you are purple is my favorite pretty. color. Oh, jeez. Get a room. Oh, the, 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 the sweater mm-hmm. is also from the Goodwill. Ugh. Three different Goodwills. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, which goodwill it's would you greatest recommend? Hits. Yeah. Uh, I try to go to one in every city that I go to. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's one in San Francisco is really nice and big. The new one here down in Los Angeles on San Fernando is great. <laughs> you know, I, great I, I once went to one and got a Brooks Brothers suit there for $30. Fantastic. And then I went to Brooks Brothers and they, they tailored it for me for another wow. $30. So it was like, it was awesome. That is. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, but uh, speaking of food, last week I was at um, a large corporation. The reason I wasn't here is because I was a large corporation doing some work. Can we tell, does this corporation rhyme with Google? (laughs) Like Noodle Google? Yeah, Noodle Google or, or, yeah. I, I can't say one way or the other, but the food was crazy good what like, did you it's have? better than like so they have 19 different cafes out this company's wow. place and every all the food is free so you walk in there they and, had thai food uh they had thai food oh. i had i had indonesian p- pork belly on rice oh. and oh. i had and i and indian food i had a whole like they were making roti like the the, <gasps> the flatbread right there was it an Indian person? It was making an Indian it person you? making it. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and they had sushi, and that's all in one corner that I had that. And sushi? all three of those things. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and you know, just there was a barista that was working, in not even in the cafe, but in the little. Uh, I'd eat myself to in death. the office. Yeah. So it was a little weird because I'm just <sighs> and like I drink coffee until my heart exploded. Yeah. Because there's delicious coffee. I have right? no self control. Is what I'm trying to say. I know. <laughs> and there's snack food. Just there are drawers and drawers of snack food too. That like you can just snack during the day. So I'd like get my bagel and grab sun chips and then like, I could not do this. Wow. I could not like. I'm trying to think. Do I have any marketable skills? skills that you overlap? Can get hired. Yeah. I don't think that I do. Put in a good word for me, Marty. I'll yeah, eat them out of house and home. I'll make them change their policies. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I will. <laughs> I will bankrupt this company. <laughs> but it's crazy because you end up like it's. It, there's no incentive for you to go off camp off the the company, you mm-hmm. know, because like you're not going to get better food in a ten mile radius. No, and you'll and, have to pay for it, and you have to pay for it, and so you're back at work after like you know half an hour, twenty minutes, you know. <gasps> I wonder what that have done to the restaurant businesses in the area. Well, I was thinking that it would be great to be a chef at these places because you get to cook something different every day and you get to come up with a new menu it's a, as opposed to cooking the same fucking thing over and over again. And there are, I'm sure you would have no way of knowing this, but are the chefs paid by volume or are they just paid to be there so you get a flat rate oh, no I'm matter sure, how much they're you pay, have to... They're paid by, uh, yeah, they're paid by flat. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so you're hooked I mean, they, up. They, you got a steady gig. Yeah, God, a steady gig. anything for a steady gig. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's pretty pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. So I highly recommend everybody getting a job with Schmoogle. <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> just this job. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I have this little pass that for as long as I'm they. They contract with me. I can go to any office. Did you? You, have a you was there for a, a training pass? session, right? Yeah. And how was the training session? Do you have a new job? Well, you have a job. It's well, a part time, yeah. right? You're a yeah, contractor. I'm a contractor. Yeah. So. Do you like the job? 
Oh, it's all right. Yeah, it's weird being in an office. I haven't been in an office in like 15 years. Oh, that's right. I was asking you what you was going to wear and did you want to borrow a hoodie? <laughs> <laughs> I said, because so he can fit in, right? right they all like, wear hoodies. Mm-hmm. No, no, they they're all wear like dorky things. Like, you know. Is, it, is a hoodie yeah. not dorky? Where have no, I been? they wear like, you know, plaid button down shirts. and. Do they like tuck that. in their shirts? Some of them. Nerds! Yeah. <laughs> that was really good mic skills. I, I I don't know if our Back listeners could see it, but yeah, as he grew in volume, he backed off the mic. I'm a professional. Yeah. You, you really are. He worked in the music industry for years. You really are. It's like sitting at the feet of the master. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me again how you was playing Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, who, who, who was... In, what was your yeah? What was your character like? How did you define your character? Let's talk uh, about it. Was acting. defined uh, on my contract as shady scientist. Oh, that's how I think oh. of you. Well, yeah. sh- shady. Was you wearing shady. a lab coat? Uh, no, it was like the it was like the the reference photo. I don't know how much I should be saying, but the reference photo was. Uh, uh, remember in Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark when the uh, guy with the scimitar does this badass. Yeah, and uh, then knife he, thing in Indiana. His shirt's open, and he's got the satchel, and he's all sweaty. Your shirt like, oh. was open. Yeah, and then he just grabs a gun and shoots him. I didn't have a gun, but uh, you know that was, was, a, that. was that according that. to lore that was an ad lib. I heard not that it was an ad lib, but that he had some sort of stomach bug, some sort of stomach yeah, flu. There's meant sick, to be yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah. and he was like, "Why don't I just shoot him?" Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, question: Did the producers of this commercial ask to see your chest? In the audition to make sure you would look nice with your shirt open? No, but I wore um, a tank top undershirt and an open shirt. So they so they saw that I had a hairy chest. Okay, and they wanted that. Apparently. Yeah. And the, the, the her suit. And the beard. Yeah. Beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They nice. wanted him hairy all over. I was rough and ready. Nice. Um, That's really cool. I'm, I'm, I look forward to seeing it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. And I know it's going to run for years and make me lots of money. Really? No, I don't. I don't know. What what product do we advertise? Just trying to put positivity out there. Uh, Given that I've said so much about the content, I feel like I shouldn't say what the. uh, It it would be really ironic and horrible if you was advertising T-shirts made in Cambodia. (laughs) (laughs) It will run for years and years, and I will make Make lots of money. (laughs) Have you had a commercial run for years? Uh, I'm still uh, Yaverman. Oh, but and that was 2008. And do they? They're still running the same old commercials. Mm-hmm. And do they renegotiate every eight, 18 months? Uh, uh, so uh, every, no, that's uh, every 18 months they they're supposed to re- uh, renegotiate. You know, according to SAG. But this it, it was a non-union job because it was foreign language, foreign country filming, not airing in the states, so it it didn't fall under SAG. And I don't even know that I was a full SAG member at the time when I booked it back in 2008. So. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so that one's an annual an annual renegotiation. That's pretty cool. But I think the last time we renegotiated it was for the next three years. Wow. So you got the paid every year, though, for the next Yeah, I get paid years. every year, and there's a bump each year. There's a, there's a bump. And this is for stuff you did years ago. 2008. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, and then I got a 17-cent check for being on The Soul Man two years ago. <laughs> You were in the Soul Man. I was on the Soul Man. What's the Soul Man? The that was TV the, uh, Land show with Cedric the Entertainer and oh. Nisi Nice. Did you get to meet him? No, I had a scene oh. with the guy who played his pop. Okay, who was very cool. 
I would and like to meet Cedric the Entertainer. Why? It's a pretty great name. Because he entertains me. <laughs> <laughs> he entertains us all. I've always liked him and his demeanor and his... I just like him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, but I was going to pick up on something you said, Bill. Did you say you was on the third season of Curb Your Enthusiasm? I was the key set production assistant <gasps> for the entire season. But I did also make one brief on-camera appearance as one of... Um, Oh, Larry David's buddy, uh, super neurotic, long-haired, L- black-haired, Lewis? Jewy comic. Lewis? Lu- uh, yes, yes. Lewis. What's his, what's his name? L- Lewis. Uh, Everybody's shouting at their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's a very famous comedian. He's, yeah. He's a, he's a very funny guy. His last name is Lewis. Yeah, Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis. Sorry, yeah, and he had a cousin named Lewis Lewis on the show or something like that. Anyway, uh, there's a scene where uh, Richard Lewis is at a deli. I think it's in the first episode of season three, and the, he needed three buddies, so it was me, the location manager, and one of the other production guys. That's really cool. It's cool. Larry David literally walked up and goes, "Bill, you want to be in this one?" <laughs> I'm like, "Great!" Took off the walkie, took off the you know the utility belt, and uh, wearing what I was wearing, just sat down and got paid to be a PA and got paid to be an extra oh, at the union that day. That's great. It was pretty good. Did he know that you were an actor? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, well, that's cool. I don't know that. Hmm. Um, but they have, do they have a full like crew on that? Like 50, 60 person yeah. crew? Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big crew. Right. Uh, cause every day is a, is a location shoot basically. There's, you know, they, they shoot all over town. Right. Right. Um, uh, so this right now is the, uh, the Sundance Film Festival is going on. Do you, do you follow that? I heard about it. Okay. I know it exists. <laughs> I, I have many friends who are there. I, oh, right now. I am kind of jealous. Yeah. Do or at least there have been a lot of photos showing up of people in Sundance and hashtagging all the fun I'm not having. Yeah. That's that's actually why I don't pay too much attention to it because I noticed that it will start to make me feel jealous and bad. And, and so I think, oh, I will just turn away from that. Even if you go, you feel jealous and bad because <laughs> you're not invited to the parties, you know, right? for the most part. That's, that's how I felt about Comic-Con. Um I don't regret having gone, but I just spent the whole time not getting invited to things. Yeah. It's just yeah. really frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you end up waiting in line and you're trying to get tickets and all this stuff. And it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Even like I went, uh, I produced a short that was there and nobody gives a shit about your short. So you can be like, oh, I have a movie here. Oh, it's a short. Mm, sorry. We're all mm. booked up here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I haven't been in years, but um, I've never been to a. Uh, uh, is that true? I don't think I've ever been to a major film festival. What, you've I've done been some, to film some little ones, right? but yes, I have actually also been to uh, Sundance. Oh, so you've been? Okay. Yeah, I was there one time, and I felt jealous and bad the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you see any? Uh, did you have a movie there? Or? I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, I was. Uh, I was helping a company that had uh, that was doing web things for filmmakers, and so they had a presence there at the festival, and I was sort of helping out at the booth. Ah, yeah. That's what I was doing. Did you get to see any movies? It was a friend of Henry. You were a booth, babe. <laughs> Bo- booth funny. bunny. Booth what, bunny. Did you, what did you wear? Booth bunny? Yeah. <laughs> it was probably from the Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> I think that goes without saying. <laughs> um, I liked 
you know, there were some moments where I felt, hey, I'm in with the in crowd. But I go where the action is. Yeah, but mo- and I did get to see some movies uh, that I liked, uh, but mostly, um, you know, it's all. I got sucked into the game of comparing, comparing myself to other people and their clothes to my clothes and their career to my career and their access to the films to my, you know, and then I just end up feeling bad. Yeah. I am, um, my sister was a, a juror once, a rural juror. <laughs> and, uh, and so she got two passes to go to all the movies. So she gave one to me. And so uh, that year, I just went and saw every movie I could, and that's fun. It, it was really that's great. Fun. So I didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, that's going. That's that's the reason that you're supposed to be the reason you're there, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Supposed and to it be was, about the and, films. And I saw movies I never would have seen otherwise that were, you know, for the most part, good. So it was cool. Um, but you know, I guess it's it's one of those things like Comic Con. Everybody should try once, or or you know. And I don't I don't want to go without a project, which is why Comic Con was so frustrating because I was the lead in this game that had a booth, and I still wasn't invited, and I still couldn't go to any parties, and I still it was just so frustrating. But yeah. I look forward to going to film festivals with Dave Made a Maze. We had our first um, we had our preliminary production design meeting over the weekend, and. I was just so blown away by the artistry of these production designers and seeing, starting to see the physical manifestation of these ideas that we've been gestating for years and not only just manifesting the ideas we put in the script, but taking them next level with their own unique spin and their own interpretation of the themes and, and ideas that I'd been communicating to them over, over time. Mm-hmm. And I started to see the movie start to happen. I mean, it's, it's starting to happen and that I I cannot wait to tour with that to go to festivals with that to actually have a project that I have something to discuss and people who are going to see it and have questions. So you're going to go you to know? film festivals before it's made, or do you mean when it's? No, made? no, no. When it's made. Well, I'm thinking long term. That's a little presumptuous to think that it's going to be in festivals. Of course, it's going to be in festivals. If you saw this production design bible, I started thinking about award season. For fuck's sake, this is art. These are That's artists. Really awesome. I like that line engines. of thinking. I like that line of thinking. I yeah. like yeah. your set yourself uh, up for a goal fall. and optimism. I mean, they're just. Fu- I'm inspired by the, these artists. They're firing on all engines, and they're excited, and they're they're saying, "This is why I got in the business." And it, I got that's inspired. really and, cool. And it just took it took everything to a level that I had never. I, I couldn't. I couldn't have conceived on my own. Right. Like right. what exists could only have existed because of this collaboration, which is what a film is. Right. And it's already happening. And this is in a preliminary stage. So it's, it's, I'm going to go to festivals. I'm going to be invited to parties. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to be going to happen. Yeah. Fuck you guys. They're going to be throwing parties for you. Yeah. I'm going to be telling people they can't come to my party. Dave made a party and you're not invited. <laughs> um, the one document, the one movie I wanted to see was uh, Going Clear, which is at Sundance right now. That's the. Um, yeah, the did H- you read the book? Uh, no, did you? Yeah. So this is a. I really like it. I don't it. know this it's one. It's an HBO documentary. Oh, that, you got to um, see it. Directed by Alex Gibney, who's very controversial. You know, he did the Armstrong Lie, mm-hmm. um, and just a bunch of other great documentaries. Uh, and this is based on the the book from like a couple years ago, written by Lawrence Wright mm-hmm. about oh science. the Scientology. Ah, yeah. I was just listening to him being interviewed on on NPR on the drive in. Actually, yeah, oh, nice. I didn't realize that was the title. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about that one. Yeah, yeah that's gonna be really good. And I love you know they they uh, HBO had like 120 lawyers like vetting the film because it, you know they're so litigious the, the church of scientology 
Yeah. What does everyone say? I thought it was. Of? I thought I saw the number was one hundred and sixty. Oh, okay, one hundred and sixty. Sure. But I love the idea of that. Yeah, is just that, like a, oh, it, all in one card, room. Is that a cadre? A cadre sure. of lawyers. Yeah. I think it's a cabal. A cabal. But they're all like in one room, sitting at like you know, like uh, Brazil style, where it's just like rows and rows of mm-hmm. desks, and they're all watching the movie, just taking furiously taking notes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, He's uh, apparently the Scientology has just come out. Of course, they've they've totally uh, discounted everything and all the claims in there, and and come you know. But they they're making these claims, and the the Scientologists have not sued them, so I guess there there is some substance to them. So apparently, things like um, uh, uh, do you remember some of the things that were in the book? Oh yeah, that they have uh, a little prison. That they do, they put people in the hole when they have behaved badly and they separate parents and children sometimes and some people have died and they keep secrets. The whole thing, uh, the the therapy or the self-improvement component of it is that you you have to share your secrets, you know, to un- unburden yourself or something. Which then gives them power over you. And then they have your secrets. So yeah. that's why some this, the rumor is that for the famous people who are participating in that, in that, that uh, they're all super gay. Well, there's some secrets that they can't spill, so they they have they have to behave in yeah. line so they don't get their secrets spilled. Ugh. Well, I mean, if that's your worst secret is that you're gay, that's not so bad in this day and age. They they think, feel it hope. is bad. Yeah. I um, guess that's why they don't want... I don't know. What am I saying? I don't know. By the way, I just um, if anyone wants to tweet in who's on the east coast of... Um, of uh, no, fuck the east coast. Why? Yeah. I don't know. It's one, one of my recurring things. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hilarious. It bring, we all have roles to play. Back? Yes, it was a, <laughs> it was it was bring a bring back. From the last time you said it. <laughs> um, but who, if anybody's in this snowstorm that I guess underwhelmed, well, I, Lou, you're in New Jersey, right? Well, I guess they, New York wasn't as bad, but New England, I hear, is bad. Peter, uh, WG, aren't you in the? Uh, uh, aren't you in in Connecticut? How bad is it there? Uh, let us know at the tw- at uh, the Twitter. That's at Nooner Dan Marty, and uh, I haven't gotten to the mail sack yet, but we'll get to it shortly. Um, all right. I got nothing. I couldn't do winter. I couldn't go back. Although I'm doing the full California next Sunday, this coming Sunday. Is that like a full Brazilian? I don't know what a full Brazilian is. Does that involve hair in weird places? I think so. Well, then, no, no lack of hair no, in this weird is different. places. What is this that you're doing? I am getting up at a little bit after sunrise oh, and going surfing. Oh, I know what surfing. you're doing. Yeah. I'm going surfing and then I'm driving up to the mountain to go skiing. Yeah, in the same day. In the same day and I'm ending the night in a hot tub in Palm Springs. Two teas in a hot tub. Are you going by yourself? That would be three teas. Who you? Uh, no comment. You're going with a lady. It's honestly no come. Well, Mm. clearly. I'm not going by myself. For our listeners, the look on Bill's face was one of pensiveness and hopefulness. His eyes kind of narrowed. So he's thinking about something. It sounds like something's maybe in the works, but he don't want to commit to it yet. Very good. That's what it looked like. It's an interesting take. Um, so what? What? Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he's blushing now. Um, when was the last time you went surfing? 
Uh, a week ago. Oh, I've been surf. I've been surfing a lot since uh, since mid December. Oh, nice. Do you wear I got a wetsuit? Wet yeah, I, was gonna I got a, I got a new. It's really cool. I feel like a superhero. It's kind of like it kind of reminds me of doing motion capture because ah. my balls are hanging out. <laughs> and when when was the last time you went skiing? Skiing, I have not done since college. Are you going to snowboard or ski? I think I'm going to ski because I fear for my knees. So, um, are you going to go to Mountain High? I don't know. That I'm not arranging the skiing part. Who is? This person that I'm going with. <laughs> uh, so, for those of, like who aren't from L.A., it, it is kind of an amazing thing that you can be at the beach and then drive two hours and be in, in, be the, in the water, not just be at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can be in at the, the beach in New Jersey right now, but it would fucking suck. Right. But, and then you could be in the, uh, the ski yeah. place in, in an hour you and a half. And then you can get two hours. And then you can sit in a hot tub and catch a cold. Same day. Uh, Helmut, one time, and, and I, we do this the other way, though. We went skiing first part of the day <laughs> and then end up with the beach in the late afternoon, evening. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun and pretty crazy. Um, the, uh, yes. Not pretty crazy. I don't know. It's not like we go, woo, we're so crazy. <laughs> Look at me. Why not? I stick my foot in the water. Oh, you didn't go surfing? No, I di I don't surf. I I'm not good balance. It's tough. It's tough. Takes a lot of balance. I have decent balance and I still struggle a lot. Yeah. I just um, frolicked in the water. Frolicking I can do. Balance not so much. Ah, Jesus. Um I went to uh Mount Baldy on Sunday. Ooh. That's gorgeous up there. The Did you hike up mm -hmm. to the top? Mm -hmm. Wow! Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the it's the tallest mountain in LA County, and it's uh, ten thousand sixty four feet, and it was a pain in the ass. Have you been up there? Have you climbed it? Not to the top. It's like a twelve mile loop, and uh, and but it's like really it was icy and cold and and. What elevation do you start at? You start at uh, it's like thirty nine hundred feet of rise. Wow, so you have almost 7,000 uh, feet of elevation gain in six miles? Well, no, not, not seven. No, 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 3,900 feet of elevation uh, gain. Oh, 39 feet of gain. I think 30, I yeah, saw so you. it's like 4,000 feet of gain. So. Oh, okay. So we start at like 6,000 feet and then mm. go up. And it, uh, it's insane. Like It's like 80 mile an hour winds at the top. And really? It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I've been but in the area. I actually shot a short film with the... Uh, one of the production designers on Dave Made a Maze, um, a really fun short, How to Become a Female Director. It's like a pastiche 1950s PSA that sort of, you know. Is there such a thing? That's the gag. Oh, I see. Um, and I got to be in a giant um, dinosaur suit. Um, and I hiked a little bit, but it was I mean, we were there to work. Yeah. But the, the, the area is gorgeous. And then I shot another short there that never came out where that, that was three guys hiking. So I, I got to get a little bit more. It's a it's Ball. a hard it's hike. I up there. fell on my ass more than once. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because it was just so icy and. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the top of the hour, and you're listening to the Smod Coast Morning Show on the Smodcast Internet Radio Networks. That um, was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Tyson have tweeted in a question, and he say, uh, this is regarding what we were talking about, Scientology. He say, is the line from famous Blue Raincoat, the line is, did you ever go clear? Is that Scientology related? Uh, I don't know what famous Blue Raincoat is. Do you guys? No, it sounds like a bad indie band. 
well, I think it's probably a reference to a song if he's wanting up the line. Dyson, is it a band? Or um, <laughs> he's you not going to answer. I know. <laughs> I was We're lo- waiting, Tyson. I was looking at the tweets. And just there, we've uncovered the like lie a, of social media. We like are actually alone, no matter how connected we feel we are. So Peter WG said he, he, they got a, a foot and a half uh, where he is in Connecticut. And then Lou, Oof. they only got um, about 10 inches. Uh, that ain't shit. Damn, no, blizzard. And, and she says, we were so excited for a real blizzard. Well, I'm glad everyone's safe and that you have power so you can hear our mellifluous voices. <laughs> um, Tyson had, has done his own research and says it is related. So, but, but okay, I still tweet, don't know what anybody's it talking again, about. Yeah. It's so a Leonard Cohen song. Oh. Yeah. Um, Tyson, will you give us a link to the lyrics so we can look what this song is about? We can hear a little bit of it. Oh, yes, please do. Oops. Nope, can't. Maybe we can. <laughs> I, we did hear a little bit of it, literally. Yeah. Yep. That's all you get. I heard the first two notes. Yeah. I heard there was a secret chord. That Go on. Jesus played and it pleased the Lord. But you what don't we? really care for music, do you? Not really. Oh. <laughs> I love that you completely took away the rhyme. <laughs> what? It, by making it do you instead of do ya, it's never going to rhyme with hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, oh, poor Leonard Cohen. We're giving him a hard time. I, 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 think, I think he's doing just fine. Isn't he dead? Oh, he's he getting toured, didn't he? Is, he's getting better. Is he depressed? <laughs> I would hope so. He makes a lot of other people depressed with his music. Is he? I imagine he have a white shirt on right now. <laughs> I don't know why that pop in my head. Oh, I bet he looks good with a white shirt. Tyson, can you find out from the internet <laughs> what, what, what he's wearing, he's wearing what right now and where the shirt wearing. was made? Oh yes. Call back. Bring back. Um, <laughs> So Entertainment Weekly, they posted like 49, oh, this is from last year, but 49 unforgettable nude scenes, and they were including... They could only find 49? Well, they were trying, the memorable ones, the most You'd think they would have found 69. So they, yeah. Uh, Slow-hanging fruit. They were including... The editor editor blew that one. That's number three. Right. (laughs) They included things from like Nymphomaniac, Lars von Trier's thing, and uh, Alexander Skarsgård and True Blood. and Fest times at Richmond High? They did not include that. So my question is, is, is nudity uh, necessary for a movie? Or, or for, yeah, in movies? Like, does it... I've thought about this a lot. Necessary I, for what? To tell a story? Sure. Um, <laughs> is it necessary to tell the story? Yeah, I find ninety percent of it is gratuitous. But I was reading, I believe it was uh, the Duplass brothers talking about their new Showtime show, how they they hated, which is about Eagle Rock. <laughs> yeah, about, the, the, about where we are. Um, yeah, how they hated seeing you know a, a husband and wife having sex, and the wife is wearing a bra just so that there wouldn't be any nudity, and how unrealistic that was. And that, it makes sense. It, it, it is a reality, but often it's a reality that makes me realize I'm watching a movie because I'm thinking about all the crew people standing around. 
but then when I tits are slapping around, but when I see a, someone wearing a bra, I think, oh, it's a movie because nobody has sex like that, right? So it goes back to my question: is it, like, couldn't you just? Uh, do you need to show that? Like, I, it completely depends on the story you're telling. Well, what's a story where it really worked? Cocoon. Uh, yeah, Donna Michi's butt, <laughs> saggy ass, <laughs> flopping in the pool. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Did that make the top 49 list? <laughs> uh, Jennifer Aniston did in Wanderlust, uh, Channing Tatum in The Vow. I don't even know what The Vow is. I never heard of Wanderlust either. Uh, that's the that's the um, upright, not upright, uh, the uh, the state guys, you know. She did nudity for a comedy? Yeah, yeah, because it takes place on this like, like hippie farm. Huh. Uh, Michael Fassbender in Shame. Ryan Gosling and Crazy Stupid Love, Ken Jeong. So, uh, Giselle, do you want to weigh in on this? Well, um, you know that I'm something of a prude. I guess mm-hmm. that's the that's, term. That's why I brought it up. Um, uh, sometimes I find it gratuitous. Uh, it's always nice to look at if because they usually choose pretty people, but sometimes it's right up in your face and you say, oh, that's a little too close. I have to avert my eyes. Like Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct? Or what some of these others. I don't know. Some Some of them is just... I can't even remember because I don't keep it in my mind. But I think that here in the United States, you have such a weird relationship with nudity altogether. So on the one hand, the movies and the TV shows, everybody naked, running around, running around, all crazy naked. Then on the other hand, this lady who have had a double mastectomy and she want to go swimming topless at her local pool, everybody freaking out. You have to have a top on. You have to have a top on. Yeah. So it's just crazy, you know. Yeah, Tignataro just did a, a set um, a couple months ago where she did she did it with her shirt open. Oh, good yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty amazing. Boy, that is. Yeah. She's really brave. Uh, but see, then I think about like Halle Berry and Monster's Ball where everyone was like, oh, she's so brave. That's such a raw uh, love scene she does with Billy Bob Thornton on the couch and... But it's just like you know that she worked with the trainer for, you know, three months and, you know, ate kale shakes for another three months before she did that. And it's like, well, I'm just like watching a supermodel have uh, be naked on a on a ugly looking couch. You know, it didn't seem it really felt like she she was strutting as opposed to yeah. right to acting my own personal feeling is that most nudity in films and television is just for titillation and sales mm-hmm. not for storytelling but titillation can be fun for instance fast times at ridgemont high where yeah that nudity i thought was really great and it certainly was monumental in my own adolescent in formation. Yep. I am Judge Reinhold. Bill's pretending that he doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I actually, I have not seen the movie, but I can. You haven't seen it? I know. Oh my God. That's I know. Strange. Nobody I know. should listen to this you, podcast. You is unless... much younger than we are. No, I don't think so. How old are you? Can 41. You say? Oh, no, you're younger than me. I'm 48. Really? Yeah. God, I never would have guessed that. Yeah, I'm 48. I'm, how do they say, kissing the underside of 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, how old are you, Marty? 46. 46. Okay. There's something about high school movies that makes me really sad. 
probably that I was bullied in high school and I don't really want to go back. Oh, yeah. And then you see all these people like having sex and doing drugs and like, nah, I was getting A's and getting kicked in the nuts. Like, where's that movie? You know? So I just get. I, hey, I, I, you I, should go to this pro revenge because there's bully revenge. <laughs> this one, uh, one young lady, she would eat her lunch in the classroom. I think because she liked to study. But the bully, this girl bully of the school, would always come in and yell at her and hit her in the head, mm-hmm. and no one was around to see it. So the victim, uh, she put a little camera and she recorded, and the bully girl. Uh, get early admission into some big fancy college which was her dream and the only one she ever wanted to go to and the victim sent the videotape to the college and the girl lost her scholarship lost her place yeah that's that is that is some vicious vicious shit that's I don't like that that is brutal I have no problem with that because she did what she did and she had a choice to not do that but but I it's not something I would ever do but I don't have a problem with it there you are know, others like that. So if it would give you satisfaction to read, they I don't want to be up till three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, there was the John Ronson, you know, the English writer. He uh, he uh, wrote about um, being bullied, or he, he uh, did a uh, This American Life, talking yeah. about being bullied in uh, prep school, and and then going to his reunion and wanting to sort of get revenge, or revenge being a successful author. Mm. And, uh, you know, who's done a radio show and TV stuff. And then, so he goes there and I guess he had been thrown into a lake once. Wow. And so he confronts his bullies and like, they're like, well, you were an asshole then and you're kind of being an asshole now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really, really funny. But just the idea, like, shouldn't we, uh, I think that when we're young, that's when we should be able to, to fail without huge consequence like that I don't and know. you think being a bully is is a fail and we should be able to do that well not we should we should be able to learn from those without yeah. uh, i mean obviously we should well, do she it. fucking learn something didn't she yeah i guess so but that you do you, your actions don't exist in a fucking vacuum no uh, maybe she was bullying the person because they were a jerk and they're like oh i was right they are a jerk there's no well, excuse. No, no, I don't excuse. agree with that one because the victim was alone in the classroom just minding her own business. Right, right. And the bully have come. Also, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one small blow against privileged people who go through life without ever having to be empathetic. <gasps> you guys. What? You're not going to believe this. I don't. Tyson have tweeted a recent picture of Leonard Cohen. White shirt. And he's wearing a white shirt. I'm sorry, I spoiled the ending. It is, uh, you did. I had a whole big climax. I was going <laughs> to modulate my voice and go slow and make it a really big thing. Well, um, it don't matter. I guess everyone could guess it. He's having a blue, <laughs> blue jacket on, but under that, the color of his shirt is white. Uh, so you should absolutely see Fast Time. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it is just a great movie, you know, Cameron Crowe. I do love Cameron Crowe, yeah. No, I wonder, would it be watchable by today's standards in terms of the pacing and the editing, you know, because it was old-timey. Mm-hmm. I watched today. it recently and old I, I enjoyed it. Old-timey at High. <laughs> <laughs> old-timey at Richmond High, that's I, I, that's It sequel. held up for you? It did, but I tried watching Ghostbusters, couldn't get through it. Oh. Really? Oh. Yeah, it was just not funny to me. Yeah. Um, and did a whole podcast on that. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, um, been that hard to believe. Ghostbusters was so fun. Boogie Nights was one where I thought the nudity was was helped with the story. Mm-hmm. You know when he sees big giant cock. Oh, 
oh, what was that one? Was it Notting Hill? Uh, where one of the vignettes was about a, a couple courting each other and they happened to be stand-ins for a pornography Say, film. Uh, love, Say, actually. Love, actually. Love, actually. Okay, all one of those. I knew it had that whatever. Martin Freeman. Freeman. God, I love Martin Freeman. But that oh. movie is terrible. But that vignette of that movie, that storyline, this nice couple getting to know each other while being stand-ins for a pornography was, was really sweet. Yeah, and in that cute. case, the, um, the uh, nudity was... Very appropriate, right. and it really helped the story. Um, and then uh, the crying game. I think that was necessary. Well, no dick, no movie. Right. <laughs> no t- <laughs> that, that's, that's what the- you have to go into your business meetings yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Listen yeah, up, like, you guys. Yeah. No dick, no movie. Yeah, where's our dick in this movie? <laughs> Dave made a dick. Let's I actually, make this dick. There are, there are male and female genitalia in this movie, but not from the actors. But gratuitous. It's pretty Un- gratuitous. From the actors, from what? A little. You'll just have to watch the movie. Hedgehogs. To find out. You'll cats. have to watch the movie to find out. Okay, I will do it. Allison Jones says it's so awesome regarding Fast Times. I agree. It is. It is a. It's fantastic. And, and yeah, I, it's it's shit. I got to get over the high school stuff. Make, it makes me feel less than. I do the comparison game when I see high school movies, and I'm like. God, everybody's so cool. Why was I such a loser? Why was people mean to me? How come I didn't ever have any fun? What's wrong with me? Why am I uptight? And I just go in this tailspin. And oh, it's just a movie. You, you know? don't deserve that. You're a nice guy. I do, it, I do it to myself, though. I know. And these days, I'm doing all the shit that I never did in high school. So it's like tell, I'm playing Tell yourself up. to cut it out. Yeah. But I also t- I tend to avoid things that I, that I feel might send me down that path. Triggers. Yeah, exactly. Go I surfing know. and skiing with a lovely lady and it'll all go away. Um. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember movies with nudity that left an impression on you in your adolescence? Uh, I remember. Uh, I believe it was called Dreamscape. I believe it starred Dennis Quaid and Kate and Meg- Capshaw. Oh, that was Meg Ryan. No, no, that's Inner Space. Yeah. Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Uh, yeah, Dreamscape. Yes, yes, yes. And um, one of the dreams that he went into, someone was dreaming that his wife was sleeping with like 11 of his friends and it was super depressing and she was riding a guy and her tits were flapping around. And I remember feeling super guilty and kind of depressed. And also, what's interesting... <laughs> oh God, that's so sad. What's though. interesting... I'm a late bloomer. What's interesting is that I saw that movie in the theater. I loved it. The whole thing with Snake like Man that. and yeah, all that. Yeah. I just loved that movie. And so I rented it when I was babysitting, and somehow I had completely blocked out that scene. Mm-hmm. And when it came up when I was babysitting and the scene came up, I was like, oh, fuck. What have I done to these children? I just didn't remember it at all. I, it, it, uh, I blanked it out because I just wanted to see the movie I wanted You're to see, never which involved no my children. <laughs> That's, why would you show them a, a horror film? I just thought it was cool. Mm. Did you want to be the cool babysitter? Yeah. Yeah, I know. They were four years but old. But it wasn't like, I'm, I'm going to be the cool babysitter and show them bad stuff. I just thought it was a great, I thought it was a cool movie. That is so sad that, like, I asked you if there's any nudity from, that you remember as a kid, or as an adolescent, and the only one you remember is one that was traumatizing to you. and made All you nudity was traumatizing as an adolescent. Are you kidding? American Werewolf in London, Fast Times. Where's the nudity in American Werewolf in London? He has sex with Jenny Agater. I didn't see it as nurse. a kid. 
Um, I yeah. don't remember that. Part. I didn't see it as a kid, and I don't remember that part. And I think uh, I blocked it all out. Logan's <laughs> Run Jen, again. Jenny Agater. Clearly, I have a thing for Jenny Agater. <laughs> um, I haven't you, seen Logan's Run yet. I tried to stay up late to watch it when it was on TV, and I fell asleep. Oh, it's a terrible. That one does not hold up. But it, it, <laughs> it was great to see some boobs when you're twelve. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I was not curious sexually as a young person. Mm. I didn't. I didn't lose my virginity until twenty-two. It, just, it was not a. It's not a. How did it go? Uh, as expected. Sad. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, it was with someone I'd been dating for a long time and was in love with, so it wasn't. Like, oh, that's sweet. A mess or anything, but. I mean, it could have been better, but you're going to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, stay together with that person after that time? Yeah, we were together for a long time. That's good. Oh, that's really sweet. That's nice. I got better at it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, uh, there, Dan Savage is celebrating his 20th anniversary with his long-term partner. Oh, wow. Congratulations. He, he was his saying, husband. His husband, yeah. yes. And he was saying that we should also celebrate... The short-term relationships, because those can be, even though they not, might not last, they can be very successful. And lucrative. And how do you mean? Oh, I don't know. I just like that word. <laughs> <laughs> I notice that you work it in, in really inappropriate <laughs> ways. Like, I'm trying to see what I can make in my life to make my life more lucrative. <laughs> 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 it's like that kids in the hall sketch where they, he keeps using the word ascertain <laughs> and, like, and then the boss is like no, you cannot use that word well, I'll try to ascertain a different way and then he just goes on um, alright let's uh, get to it are we going to dip our hands in the mail sack yeah we might as well oh that was a great revenge oh do you want to hear it it's really is the song playing? Uh, no, no. I'll wait till you okay. do your thing. I'll tell you just one more revenge. This is a really bad one. Pretty or a good one. Or a good one. So it was an abusive stepfather. Really abusive. <sighs> Physically abusive. Emotionally. This guy was an alcoholic and violent and sexually abusive to the mother. <laughs> really horrible, horrible stuff. So the... Um, the uh, stepson, the the, pers- the victim, one of the victims, uh, was posting this and he found the stepfather was in the bathroom, passed out in a pile of his own sick. Jesus. And uh, the kid go in there and he took this needle. And that, tattooed a dick on his face? No, oh. worse. He took a needle that the, the stepfather was always using to pick his, pick his teeth and it was lying there. And he picked it up and he dipped it in the sick and he stabbed the stepfather in his... Uh, Scrotum? Ste- yeah, many times. He like, didn't wake up? No, he was passed out drunk. And he dipped it in the sick and stabbed him. Up. And like for two minutes, step, 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 step. He just wanted to maybe give him a rash. Well, it turned into gangrene and sepsis. He had to have his uh, genital parts, those parts removed entirely, plus m- other chunks of meat in the area. <laughs> there you go. So... Let, let's remind. That's, let's remind the, kid, the, the kid was nine, nine years old. Let's remind the listeners of how you got there. It's because of this. We're gonna dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get That's what remind me when we dip into the mail sack. We're gonna prick the mail sack with 
a needle so can vomit. Uh, yeah, that was great. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's going to be different <laughs> reading them now. It just feels like <laughs> this is the infected male side. Each one is an infected needle prodding into our genitalia. Um, yeah, it's real light this week. Uh, we got um, an email from Vincent, who's Vincent. Uh, in Hong Kong. Vincent Vega. He says, uh, happy to hear that the Tuesday's morning show uh, started off real strong in 2015. A quick am- email to let you guys know about an experience I had over the weekend. I was act- asked to play a live set at a, um, at a party. For- Ads just took over our feed, apparently, whatever that means. Oh. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, this is then just for the podcasters. Um, I was asked to play a live set for uh, a Hong Kong HKG. Hong Kong... Garden? I don't H-K- know. What the HKG? G- well, he's in Hong Kong. So, um, a Hong Kong-based fashion label. And to my surprise, the TV screen was looping the Oscar-winning movie in the realms of the Unreal. Actually, that movie did not win an Oscar, but um, it uh, wasn't even nominated, sadly. I had a chat with a designer, and she said that her current season was heavily influenced by that film. So I hope Marty's sister would not sue because of an, uh, an authorized screening, uh, but it was an enjoyable evening. Um, that's really cool. So that my sister directed that movie. Which movie? I wasn't listening. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Don't don't you? Know well, where, the feed dropped. I know where I, we dropped something the feed. that I can do, and but I don't know how to do anything. So I just got I got I got lost. No, we're fine on our end. But which movie? Uh, in the realms of the Unreal. Ooh, it's a great title. Yeah, and, and it's a feature. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's a documentary feature. It's, it's great. It's, nice. it's, it's, it's I love that title. It's about Henry Darger. The He's a sort of a, an outsider artist um, who was found um, when he died in his apartment. There were just stacks and stacks of paintings and writings and weird sort of stuff he collected. Um, but like he wrote a 1,400-page book about like a, this civil war between these girls with penises and yeah, yeah. Civil War guys and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then just, and then he would paint. He would paint them, and he would he would. In my in my defense, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Bill so caught. I was picturing girls wielding erect penises like swords, sure, and bashing each other with them. I think some of your uh, authenticity just slipped out. <laughs> Oh, we, we cr- finally cracked the shell. It just took a little, um, little girls with penises. But I was also fascinated by the idea of the unreal having realms. I like that. Because usually the unreal is just this nebulous nothing. But the, the thought that the unreal has, has realms and structure is very exciting to me. Um, yeah. But uh, anyhow, you should see it. Uh, I'm just tweeting really quick. Say something. Well, I'm just, uh, uh, we're talking on the tweets about how the, the stream have been taken over by commercials. And that's, now NetHeads, apparently. That's really What, are we not sad. good enough for you, Smodco? Oh, is it Smodco is doing it from no, the mothership, so. what they say or something? I, 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 I don't know how any of this works. It's just pure magic to me. Yeah. Uh, it's all thanks to uh, Will Wilkins. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, Will Wilkins. Yes. Thank you, Will, Will Wilkins. Is Will, can Will chime in and tell uh, if, if we, have been, uh, we have to accommodate some commercials now? Uh, I think it's just the... It'd be great to take a... We're, we're going to take a five-minute break for uh, let our sponsors chime in here. But, we're not going anywhere, so don't but, you go anywhere. But do you buy Marty's kombucha, which <laughs> is tasty and refreshing. Yeah. 
um, I'm I'm tweeting him right now. So please. Okay, so Mar- Marty's counting on us for content because he's okay, dealing with the technical fine. side. Uh, you know, I'm always good if you want to talk about your feelings. Or... <laughs> all right, all right, forget this. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I saw a good movie. It was well reviewed on NPR. So I went to see it. It's called Son of a Gun. I haven't heard of this one. Australian prison movie, with prison and crime. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> and he's very good. The actors is very good. And it was pretty exciting. Uh, the second half got a little long. but uh, Does he have a beard in this one? Yeah, he do. Ah, big, then big I think one. I've read that review. Yeah, yeah it's a good movie. I, I would say more good than not good. I liked it. Does he do? Does he use his Scottish accent? Or does he, he does. S- oh, good. Yeah, and so that was I really like it refreshing. When he gets to be Scottish. Refreshing to see. That's his original accent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My mother has a huge crush on him. I, I I would say I agree with her. She's he's nice. She's nice. Your mother's nice. They would make a nice couple. As big a crush as you have on little girls with penises. <laughs> I actually did picture them using penises as weapons. I'm not. Don't, not don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Just like men, right? Everybody. Yeah. Um, okay, Chris Miller, he sent us a, a script for his comic book uh, that I'm, I will forward to you guys for your enjoyment. Thank you, Chris. Oh, nice. That's that's yeah. big of you to share. That stuff, that's scary sharing stuff like yep. that. Um, Chris uh, Brown, the other Chris who listens to us, who's in the uh, Toontown, Saskatchewan, Toontown, Sac, Saskatoon, uh, he says, welcome back. Missed you guys last week, but I filled the time by listening to classic episodes. Anyhow, Ooh. two quick questions. We have classic ones? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Am I on any of them? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, man. Sorry, the feed is down. Um, he says, uh, two questions. First of all, what are your thoughts on Lars Van Trier? I watched... Okay, you guys got to pay attention to this now. Well, what are my thoughts okay. on Lars Van Trier? Um, is it watched, something to watch? I watched the director's cut of Nymphomaniac and Melancholia, and they were both well done, but I can't figure out if I like them. I guess the fact that I think about them well after watching is a good sign, but curious to your opinion. Secondly, I'm in rehearsals for another play at the moment. Excellent. Great. Uh, wondering if you have any... Tr- Theater's dead. <laughs> Mr. Support right there. Uh, wondering if you have any tricks for learning lines particular for banter type scenes rather than monologuing. Cheers, Chris in Saskatoon. I have no experience with Lars von Trier films. I haven't even seen, seen Breaking the Waves. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen Breaking the Waves. I have not seen them either. I, I thought that uh, Beefy Boy, uh, Shia Labeef, Labouf, mm-hmm. uh, he, he rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I don't how, how did he rub you? And where Ooh. did he rub you? <laughs> Hey, Zing still got it. <laughs> um. He he's kind of annoying to me, so I, I, then I, I was not attracted to see this movie. I've seen all of that guy that I want to see, and I think you get to see a lot more in this movie. I have not seen Breaking the Waves. I've not seen. I don't think I've seen any of his movies. That's terrible. That's what I'm saying. But I love. Name, name some more of them. Uh, let's see. I did he's, not see Melancholia. Uh, Dogville, Dancer in the Dark. Um, oh, I wanted to see that. That's the Bjork one, Dancer in the Dark. Mm-hmm. I had wanted to see that, but I did not. Uh, Antichrist. Never heard of it. Um, that's one with Willem Dafoe. Oh, God, I love Willem Dafoe. Uh, it's, I watched a bit of it. It's pretty intense. Um, I mean, he's directed 35 movies or 35 things. But I, I have seen um, 
the kingdom which i love I and mean, this fantastic i haven't heard of that one either it's a it's a it's a ghost story that takes place in a hospital it's a tv miniseries hmm. i highly recommend you, that sounds you really see that cool. it's What's really the, good where um where, where where is it available for viewing for uh, those of us who are unfamiliar with pirating be, on the dark web it might be on um i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> uh, it might be on netflix called, did the, you say? the kingdom it's the kingdom it's a danish a miniseries, really, really excellent. Um, I think it's Danish, might be Swedish, but what's the difference? Am I right? <laughs> um, Blondes. So I don't know what I feel about um, Lars Venture. Oh. I think uh, his movies, they seem intri- interesting, but I just, I think I'm in, in the mood where I don't want to, I want to be, I want to like them. I want to like a movie when I see it. That's kind of, yeah. But it's not that I need to see something that's light. Um, I just, I don't know. My, my, my patience for dark and dense and long. That's a, that's a, that's a one, two, three punch that I, I am less likely to explore these days. I mean, I still like, uh, who did Field in England? Ben, Ben Whitfield. The, the, mm-hmm. I, I still like how we, and his stuff is sad and it's dark. But it's really entertaining. Um, I mean, yeah. And he, and he has he uses actors that I love. Um, yeah, but some I, I I started to watch Nymphomaniac, or just out of curiosity, and I just got the sense that this is going to make me feel things I don't want to feel. Right. So I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, self preservation. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that there are movies that are important and interesting um, that can still be not make me feel um dirty or not dirty but just uh, depressed yeah but i also like depressing movies so i i don't know what the answer is chris i just i was never attracted to uh his movies but i sure love the kingdom that's um, I, I i think he clearly has something to say he's a mind it's a mind at work so i i would be fascinated to see that mind take on something like the subject matter of the kingdom i think that could be that could be really fascinating uh, as for Learning lines, there are a lot of people who will uh, record. They have apps for that. Oh, they do? Yeah, I don't use them, but they, they're, Maybe there that's are a problem. Like, actor apps. But I, I record. If I can, I try to use somebody else. But um, I'll record. Usually what I'll do is I'll record the whole scene and then still in the same thing, I'll record just the other person's lines so that as I'm listening to it, I can hear what it's supposed to be and then I have a... a it. it goes into a version where there's blank spaces where I have to fill it in by remembering them. Um, I will just rehearse practice over and over and over again. But it's it's good if you find a music. I could still ace um, a, a test from shop class um, on the parts of a drill because my friend and I wrote a song. I didn't write a song, but we said we sang all the answers. Chuck, housing trigger switch, cooling vents and pistol grip. And it's like, I can still ace that test. Keep going. That's, that's it. That was oh. the whole test. It was fourth grade. It wasn't that hard, but um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but just because, it, just because there was a rhythm to it, not much of a melody, but there was a bit of a rhythm to it, it was, it was in my head. The danger there is then in performing it in that rhythm and getting stuck in that rhythm. Right. But, well, I think that for me, it's like you just learn the lines over and over and over again to where you're, where you're not thinking about them. And then mm-hmm. you get you reach a point where you're more focused on uh, the what's acting. under the lines, or just you're not even thinking about it, and you're just in the moment. And there's two really... there's two things I've seen too, uh, especially helpful if it's not a monologue, um, not a monologue, not a monologue. If I'm trying to get if it's if it's a cold read or something, especially 
usually your line, there's something in the line before yours that that is the reason why you say your line. For example, right. um, if you're asked a question, you're like, I was working in an acting class last night and the, and the actress says, was he a friend of yours? Well, I kind of know what I need to say because the answer is yes. So there's, there's a clue to what I'm supposed to say in the line before mine. Or, um, you know, it's sometimes when they're, when they're not, if, if it's not as simple as a question, a lot of times the word that's in your line is in their line right. before yours because you're talking about something back and forth. So I circle or highlight in, in, in the other characters' lines the thing that is the seed for my line uh, so that when I hear it, I know where, I, I know where I'm going. Um, yeah. No, I think... I think the the thing is uh, other thing is the more you do it the easier it is you know yeah uh you're in an acting class I am in two acting classes right now technically really? both in Santa Monica sadly oh man but I'm doing I'm working with this cat James Reese who's who's just great he's telling me the things I need to hear and not in a you're wonderful kind of a way but he says I, here's what you're not he doing says, here's you're, what you're missing you're wonderful right. <laughs> is, that, is that how he says it <laughs> you're wonderful wonderful he he just he knows what i'm not doing he knows what i'm missing and he's pushing me towards that and he speaks in terms of being a great artist not in booking jobs and in getting on tv and this and this but oh. it's like if you're gonna do this it was pretty exciting giselle almost be an came artist back to the mic it. and then she she was she looked like she was about to pipe in and then she went back to her twitter war um well no uh, we're just uh, talking about who is on the air now. It, it's a different podcast than us. Right. So something is happening. Well, uh, but Tyson, uh, was it Tyson or Darren? Because we was all saying, this is terrible. What's happening? This is awful. And Tyson tweeted this. He said, I'll be honest. I go to... Con <laughs> he said, I'll be honest. I hey. his <laughs> McQueen does not like Tyson. I, I should have mentioned that earlier. <laughs> And Bruno's like, what's wrong with Tyson? <laughs> uh, Tyson said, I'll be honest, I go to concern before blame. Ah. And so that was a great reminder. Uh, before we start blaming, who's screwing up? What's going on? This is bad. Everybody's bad. Maybe so something's uh, happening and we should be concerned. Uh, well, just so you know, we keep recording. So yeah, so we are recording this, and yeah, because I'll bet there are probably more people who podcast, and we yeah. should not ignore them. Yeah, okay. As, yes. So, so uh, sorry to everybody who's podcasting this and don't know what we're talking about. Uh, we don't either. When was the last time you were in an acting class? Me? Yeah. I don't have ever taken one. I think it would be fun. I one time took an improvisation class. Uh, that's that, an acting class. That was like play acting and they say, freeze, you are a, a big punching bag and you're, you're talking to a rabbit. And I say, okay, don't punch me, little rabbit. <laughs> 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 it go like this. It was pretty fun. That's, that's a denial. We don't do that. In, in yeah, that's what the teacher says. Yes. They always say yes. So then I say, next time, okay, freeze. You are the kitchen cabinets and here come the perro, which is a malted grain beverage. I don't know if you know this. Um, and I say, okay, perro, you can come sit in me. <laughs> because I'm a kitchen cabinet and I will hold you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And so then they give you a diploma right after that. <laughs> you are a master of improv. <laughs> it's uh, pretty fun. How long have you been in class, William? Uh, I started with James, I believe, 
Maybe late November, maybe maybe December. Uh, I need to find an acting class. I haven't been in one in forever. But it's good. He's really he's really focusing on just being artists and not any of the other shit. And he doesn't let anyone get away with anything. Um, and he pushes you without cracking whips and yelling. But he's not afraid to be firm. And then uh, Tuesday nights, I'm doing something called the Alexander Technique, which that's breathing, right? I can't figure out what it is actually. I just know, I just know that it sounded like something that was in line with all the other things that I'm studying and looking at and exploring both creatively and as, as an artist and as in trying to better my life. And everyone I asked about it, people who went to Yale School of Drama, people who, you know, Juilliard, whatever, they they said, oh, God, I love the Alexander Technique, all the best actors, blah, 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 and no one can tell me what it is. And I'm, I've done a two-hour intro course and taken the first of, seven, of a seven-week course, and I still don't know what it is. Uh, please I, tell us. What I don't al- know what it is either, but I thought that it had to do with breathing because one time I was taking singing lessons mm-hmm. uh, because I enjoy to sing, and um, no one else enjoyed to sing, <laughs> but I enjoy it. So that's why I think I will have a lesson, and maybe that will make me more palatable to those who are with in earshot. Uh, anyway, she was mentioning something about Alexander and breathing <laughs> down into the bottom of your belly. Or yeah, there's like breathing, that. there's balance, there's it, 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 there is a, a fascinating. Um, you stu- you study basically the weight of your head, and you realize the weight of your head and how you carry it in ways in which um, that weight can work against you if you're not carrying yourself properly. Well, according and to it can close off your breathing. And it can close off. You know, it, it also deals a lot with fight or flight reaction which are the, the nerves that can really seize you up so it's just it's all about trying to be i think a little bit more relaxed a little bit more present a little bit more open according to the wikipedia <laughs> it's um it's a technique to teach people how to stop using unnecessary levels of muscular and mental tension during their everyday activities yeah it's not and, just for actors i mean people it, use it for singing people use it for uh, an, rehab of injuries it's, it's an educational process rather than a relaxation technique or form of exercise it was formed in 18 in the 1890s by uh this fellow alexander uh, as a personal tool to alleviate breathing problems and hoarseness during public speaking i should use that clearly um and he credited the technique for allowing him to pursue his passion of shakespearean acting oh Mm. because you need to project you need to breathe and project marty's a shakespearean ghost (laughs) (laughs) what light i am the ghost of alexander relax (laughs) the weight of your head is is weighing on your neck you know there was something uh similar that a yoga teacher once told to me uh, which was the idea of balance getting your uh, body aligned uh, in such a way so that your head is just balanced on top of your neck Mm -hmm. but that you're not having to use your neck muscles to hold your head up because it's just balanced there because you are aligned correctly and as I have been aiming for that and thinking about that in my yoga practice come to the mat um, <laughs> it uh, uh, it make a big difference. I, I notice it when my neck is aligned, and then and I feel relaxed all mm-hmm. the way down to my toes. So maybe that is uh, similar. It's very it's very connected, goal. and that that's sort of why I was drawn to it because I am I am doing a lot of yoga and I am reading a lot of new agey bullshit stuff, and it it's all it feels all connected, and a lot of the stuff that actually 
I could I could rant on this for ages on how I sort of had this realization that everything is connected in a way that kind of blew me away. Um, you know, do you the hear minute it? I hear you say new age bullshit, um, my ears prick right up. And I say, do you oh, want to hear it? Yes, it's I do. Everything yes, is I so really connected. Do. It's a real freak out. I like it. Go for it. Okay, so I was watching Neil deGrasse Tyson's Cosmos, and he says that all the, the building blocks of, of life on Earth are from destroyed, shattered star matter. So we are literally made of stars. I was at a Moby concert two weeks ago. He starts singing, we are made of stars. Um all the thing is about yoga is letting your light shine and, 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 and namaste means the light in me recognizes the light in you. So it's all about being a light and being a star. Um, uh, and then, uh, I'll, I, oh, and the, the, the creativity chakra, which is in your junk, um, is sort of, it's the source of creativity and pleasure. And this, the guy, James Reese is telling me I have to step into my masculine sexual energy and not hold back and not close up, which is everything that I was reading in, uh, the untethered soul, which is to always stay open and to let that light shine out, and to let to to to, to step into your own shoes and be okay with that, which is uh, which is tied into the self love, which is something you also get out of yoga. And then you're in this you're in this warrior pose and this hero pose, um, because and, and in the four agreements they're saying you, you've got to be a warrior for for being being your best self, you know, and fighting the battles within your head. Um, uh, oh, and then it and and it's all it's also it, it, opening up is also about letting go, not taking things personally, which is in the four agreements. And of course, right, you can't go anywhere without hearing the song "Let It Go," which is like cycling. All I was riding a bike in Kyoto, and I was hearing it in Japanese. You know, it's like it's all it's all so connected. Yeah, um, that it's almost kind of terrifying. Yeah, it's we are. In a love, love is love is light, and you are light, and yes. everyone is light. And what you were saying earlier about they're not heroes, there are not, de- or there are not, there are not demons and enemies. Everything that's in everyone else is within you, because we're all the same shit, which is meant to be light and love. But yes. we close it off, and we don't show it, and we don't shine it. Yeah. Oh, Amy Elizabeth. Hold right on. <laughs> Hold on. I think this calls for a slow clap. Thank you, Moby. And I had this, I had this moment, and my, uh, my acting t- t- teacher goes, yeah, where you been? <gasps> and I was like, oh. Ohio and Dublin? They don't fucking talk about this shit? They don't talk about this shit? I didn't know. Mm. I only just came across it two years ago. Fantastic. It's interesting. It's interesting how, how, how the language across you know, science, uh, health, yoga, uh, acting, creativity, you know, it's all... It's, it's all using the same words kind of to say the same things. Mm. And I think I'm finally hearing them. That's so beautiful. I hope anyway. I love it, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. It's Giselle country for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied right now. Oh, jeez. She's smoking I, a cigarette. I, <laughs> <laughs> She's miming it with excellent improv space work. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amy Elizabeth <laughs> writes in. It's hard to follow that up. Um, I could be wrong. Good, no. <laughs> yeah, but on the other Keep hand, in mind, I don't know what I'm talking about. I could totally be wrong. Hand, whatever. <laughs> Good morning, West Coasters. She's in DFW. Fuck the you know. East Coast. No, she's not in the East Coast. She's. I know. I'm just saying. She's. I'm. She, I'm whatever. Uh, since I will be in meetings all day and not listening live, I wanted to say welcome back to everyone. Host in Twitterverse. You can't listen live anyway. 
this past weekend, my boyfriend and I went to the Marvel Experience, an interactive mobile exhibit where you are recruited for S.H.I.E.L.D. and you go through mental and physical puzzles, including... So you guys are nerds. Including a wall crawl, a shooting gallery, and a laser obstacle maze to help S.H.I.E.L.D. save the world, finishing with a 4D ride. God, that sounds fun. <laughs> it that sounds, sounds so fun. really fun. At the time, it was really fun, even with the <laughs> over-sugared children. The next morning, I could not believe how much I was hurting. Four hours of standing in lines, crawling on floors, contorting through laser mazes and climbing walls wreaked havoc on our 30-plus-year-old bodies. 30-plus? How great it would be to be 30-plus again. <laughs> we agreed, I'm 30-plus 11. <laughs> uh, we agreed that, though fun, this was definitely on our Murtaugh list. As in, we're getting too old for this shit. You know, from So my question is, what's on your Murtaugh? Is it Murtaugh? Murtaugh. Murtaugh. A list. What are you too old for? Men- Dating. Mentally, <laughs> patience-wise, much love, Amy Elizabeth. You know, I was thinking the other day that it was, I, I have no, so when we were hiking, there were these two uh, women, young women who were um, sunbathing, like at the top of this icy cold thing but they were russian but they were like just young gorgeous women and we were just chatting with them and i realized i have no problems like in my 20s i would i would have just been like (laughs) walked on but when you're in your 40s like i realized that i'm not sexually relevant to them so i had no nothing at stake nothing at stake so it's like oh it's (laughs) kind of weird to just be out here in your shorts and we're all bundled up and and just chatting with them like a dead (laughs) exactly (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Young lady, you should you should uh, prepare better. And, you know, yeah. Um, so I'm too uh, old for sexual relevance. <laughs> sexual relevance. <laughs> too old to be sexually relevant. <laughs> that is 2015. Too old for sexual relevance. The Marty you story. Oh. I think it is the same for la- for ladies uh, in this culture too. I'm 48, and I, and I notice I'm not sexually relevant <laughs> <laughs> to to people the same way it was when I was 18 or 20. Uh, I find it very freeing. It don't hurt my feelings. It was a period of adjustment where it hurt my feelings, and I feel bad, especially because this culture plays so much importance on sexual relevance and and youthful sexuality. Uh, but after I get over that, then I'm just free to create and I don't worry about what I look like and what everybody think what I look like and I can just be me. And do you know, I feel more uh, creatively relevant and more humanistically relevant, uh, kinder and able to be present for my friends and the people that I meet in a much more empathetic way than ever before. And that gives me so much pleasure and joy. Mm. It sounds really boring, I know. <laughs> it sounds really boring, but it feels really exciting to me. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I would be more likely to snowboard this Sunday if I hadn't partially torn my PCL because I'm too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. You will have fun skiing. Yeah, yeah. And I probably will snowboard at some point. I just feel like after a morning of surfing, I might be pushing it to yeah. also try snowboarding for basically the first time. Yeah, yeah. I th- This whole S.H.I.E.L.D. experience, Marvel experience, sounds super fun. And I think I would like doing it. 
You'd um, have to bring your nieces, though. I would have to bring my nieces, or I'd be the creepy old guy. <laughs> where, where, oh, oh, where all of a sudden, it? you got sexually relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> where does this thing take place? It's a mobile uh, experience, so I guess it. I don't know. You guys everywhere. want to do it all together? I would go <laughs> I if would you totally would go. go. Do you want to go? Sure, I would we love to go. Really go. Yeah. And I want to. I want to help Sh- Shield save the world. Yeah. I, I, Fuck Hydra. <laughs> um, uh, I want to do my part. But last year I went to Magic Mountain. I, I remember if you listen back in the show, you'll hear me how I lost my car I keys. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a nice. Um, but it, it is a sort of thing. Like when I was a kid, we would go to uh, Six Flags. Right there. Back then it was called Great America. This is Northern California. You went there. Right? Yeah, Marriott's yeah, Great Mar- America. And here's the a crazy thing. Like our parents would drop us off and just say, "We'll pick you up." At five, just be here at five or whenever it is, and like we would just do do the park when we were like eight, ten years old, just on our own, yeah. like just no parental supervision. But we would ride. The, they had the the tidal wave, that one that just went loop, and then when we got off, we would get back in line and ride it again, and then we do that for all the roller coasters. At last year at Magic Mountain, one roller coaster, it's like wow, that was um. Intense, and then second one, I was like, "Okay," <laughs> and then third roller coaster. You guys go. Uncle Marty will be right. Oh, Misha, thanks. <laughs> and it was, it is uh, a lot harder. I I don't know what it is in in the human body that makes it so much harder to to sustain. The, our cells are deteriorating. I, I guess, guess so. I was in it a little like dance class, and the teacher was having us do a warm up. Everybody was in their twenties except for me, and. So I'm like the little old lady in the back. And uh, she say, okay, reach up across to the right and across to the left and to the side and to the side. And everybody was doing it like twice as fast as me. I was going as fast as I could, but I noticed I was way behind from everybody else. So everything just is slowed down on me. <laughs> it is weird. I, I definitely notice being slower and I am too old for a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't go out to clubs or anything like that. that I, uh, I, I was have never a big club goer. I'm not a drink since um, I was drinking bourbon with you and playing um, card games. Oh, really? On New Year's Day. Oh. In yeah. a way, I, I try to. There's part of my brain that can get upset about this for what I have lost and and what no longer is possible for me. But I try to more focus on the part of me that is thinking this is actually freeing and it allow me to have compassion for my own whole life journey because this is natural and it's the way of things. Mm-hmm. And I will die and I will return to the earth and something cool will grow where I was. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and this is all normal and and fine and that gives me a feeling of peace and freedom and an appreciation for uh, my teeny teeny one little unique spark in the universe that will will spark so very briefly yeah wow excellent question amy Mm, yeah yeah, amy that was a good one you you get a big star for today yeah um got us really thinking uh have you made arrangements to be fertilizer or no uh, i was just speaking metaphorically Metaphorically. but uh, now that you mention it maybe i should make a fertilizer arrangement yeah that's how i want to go i don't want to be in a coffin and embalmed i just want to be ground up yeah turned into something useful uh, so I could do something useful in this (laughs) in my life (laughs) provides would you become a little shrub a little marty shrub yeah or a tree a noble oak I want to be something, a, a fruiting tree. 
Ah, a, a mulberry so tree. Oh, that was another revenge. The neighbor, I just tell you really quick. Okay. The neighbor have have planted mulberry trees uh, that grow up and then hang over uh, the victim's driveway and they drop all their funk and bird all over her car. And she said to the neighbor, please, can you trim from hanging over my driveway? Well, apparently the law where she is is that because the roots is on his property, then he owned the whole tree so she can trim it. And he said, no, you just bun it off and you, I'm not going to trim it and she, there's nothing she can do. Years go by, she get a big bonus uh, from when she retired. She used the money to buy the property on the opposite side of her mean neighbor. <laughs> she plant, <laughs> she plant a line of mulberry trees. He said, they grow up, they drop all over his car. He said, please, can you cut them? She said, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> And he went and chopped them down himself or trimmed them back or whatever. She took him to court. He had to pay for all the trees and court costs <laughs> and all this stuff. That just, she basically made her life's work trying to get back at the... That it is, was the long game. Yeah. She that was is, playing um, the long game. That is pretty... There's got to be a, a real like wickedness in her heart that she planned it out that, that long. I don't know. I've never had a neighbor... But also, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck that guy. But still, like to... to, to like use your your retirement bonus to buy the property to get back at your neighbor because <laughs> he didn't fucking trim his trees. I know it uh, makes me so thankful I, that I don't have neighbors like that. I know because so, I, I don't know what I would do if I had a neighbor that I hated. Like, and I think I would. You you might just have to move. It's like cancerous. It, it, it just can. It stays in there. If your grows, home is not yeah. a place of peace, I my heart go out to you. Mm-hmm. You have to have one place of peace. But you know, my teacher, Catherine Ingram, she said that is why your own heart has to be your sanctuary. Your own present awareness, just the fact that you exist, the appreciation of that, that is your only true sanctuary. Because your home, your health, your belongings, your loved ones, everything can be taken away. Mm. Your only true sanctuary is just your own innate sense of being. Catherine Ingram? Catherine Ingram. She's a really this great, episode uh, wise lady. Brought to you by Catherine Ingram and the Pro Revenge subreddit. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I think that's a good, good thing, point to end on. Uh, we can be reached on the Twitter, and you, you can just do Bill Twatterson. It's Twitterson. Giselle Nett, Marty Yu, Stephen Kruger, Dan Etheridge. Ah, uh, Dan. Yeah. Um, Hopefully Dan will be back. Every in the time next I hear weeks. his last name, I think, "Come to my window." You should do, do that for him. <laughs> he would appreciate that. Um, and uh, let's see, what else is going on? We can, um, you can email us. We had a light sack this week. That's noonerpodcast <laughs> at gmail dot com. <laughs> Somebody pricked we it. We had a gangrenous sack. Somebody this week. pricked it one too many times with sick. A gangrenous sick. Um, that's just terrible. Yes. And Nooner, Dan, Marty. Um, next week, oh, Steve was here. I uh, wasn't here because I think he's writing an episode of some sort of television show. Oh, good for him. Uh, I wonder if it will have nudity. <laughs> I hope so. One can only hope. Um, and then Bill, 
when when are you starting to ramp up on your show, your movie? Um, likely mid April will be cameras rolling, so uh, it'll it'll be it'll be a very busy March for me. Uh huh. Do you need puppet voices? No. Damn it. <laughs> I will probably be doing uh, a performance of some of my storytelling in Los Angeles in the coming months. So I will uh, update you with those dates. And, and if where. people want to find you online? Uh, TheGiselleShow.com T-H-E-G-I-S-E-L-E Show, S-H-O-W dot com. I had to think really hard. <laughs> Apparently, spelling that is on my Murtaugh list. Ah, there you go. Well, we will uh, be hopefully be back streaming next week. Sorry about uh, the technical issues, issues and otherwise. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday. has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.